Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You're listening to Kaleidoscope, a podcast about identity, faith, and social engagement. I'm Deborah Jian Lee. In between shows, we'll be bringing you some mini-episodes. These episodes feature bonus material from past interviews, and sometimes we bring you special segments. On this mini-episode, we're sharing some extras from my conversation with M. Barclay, the first non-binary trans person commissioned as deacon in the United Methodist Church. If you haven't heard our full interview with M, you might want to pause and go back and listen to episode one of Kaleidoscope. Go ahead. I'll meet you back here when you're done. All right, did you listen to it? Wasn't it amazing? (laughs) This next bit I'm going to share didn't quite fit into that episode, but it's one of my favorite parts of my conversation with Em. Em and I dish about so many things. The thrill and awkwardness of dating after coming out as queer, imagining a non-binary world, and beach parties. Here it is. So did you date soon after coming out as queer? I did, yes. Um, What was that like? Exciting. Yeah, very exciting. And terrifying. I mean, you know, it was so different than dating men. Um, And, uh, you know, I was like 25, I think, at the time. Um, And so it was was bizarre to to feel like I was just starting dating in a new way for the first time. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of folks that talk about queers when we first come out, we go through a second adolescence. And so you have to learn all over again, like how to navigate nervousness and what the social norms are because they're different in the queer community. So um, there's a whole other culture to learn while you're dating. Um, And so it was really exciting and awkward at times um, and also just lovely. I mean, so lovely. Can you give some examples, maybe for our listeners who might be just starting this journey, of what those, what that adolescent period is like and what are the new things that you're learning as you're dating? Um, so I remember one of the first people that I had a serious crush on, I, uh, I just started tripping, like literally tripping every time I was around her. <laughs> It just was something I'd never experienced in my life. You know, I feel like so many people do that when they're 15, you know. Um, I didn't. And I had all of that awkward 15-year-old nervous energy around this person. Um, and I did. I just thought that it wasn't as big of a deal as my friends made it out to be when they were 15, right? Like, 
I, I had crushes on guys, but I wasn't like tripping over myself. Um, and so I thought people were just kind of dramatic. And then with love songs, the same thing. I was like, man, y'all are really into this, you know, but I never had that personal experience of being like, oh, yeah, this is, I get why you write music about this. And so to really like feel that for the first time is incredible. Um, but also you trip over yourself because you don't know how to handle that in your body, you know, and um, how to play it cool in the way that you do after you've been doing this for years, right? Um, so there's just a lot of uh, just trying on of new things, um, new feelings, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, when you came out as queer. Yeah. You had that night in D.C. Yeah. When you went out, yeah. you went to the bar, you went dancing, and it was just this really important moment yes. for you. Was there some equivalent moment for after you came out as non-binary? Yeah. I mean, no. No. Because when I came out as queer, I knew what I was sort of supposed to do, right? This is what queer people do. You go to the queer clubs, <laughs> and you dance, and you meet other queer people. Um, I didn't know any trans people in Austin. Um, I didn't know what I was supposed to do as a non-binary person. Um, there wasn't there wasn't a moment like that. It was uh, again, it was much more of a slow unfolding, very different. So part of that slow unfolding was discovering the language to describe yourself. Now that you have that new language, what's changed? So much. <laughs> I mean, gosh, now. Now when I'm in communities of trans people, especially where there are non-binary people present, I feel like I'm getting a glimpse of what could be for everybody. And it's phenomenal. One of my favorite experiences is going to the, there's an annual trans beach party in Chicago. And bodies can look so many different ways. So many. And we force them into looking two different ways. And when you get to see the the possibilities, you realize what you're missing out on all the other time. You know, I, I go to the beach and I see all these beautiful people living in beautiful different expressions and different ways. Um, and I just think, like, this is what it could be all the time. And it's so sad that it's not. You can hear all of M's story on episode one of Kaleidoscope. There, M talks about their dramatic 12-year path to ordination. They also open up about coming out twice, dealing with public rejection and the turmoils of love. That's it for this episode. Kaleidoscope is produced by Dennis Funk with amazing support by co-founder Aaron James Brown. I'm your host, Deborah Jian Lee. You can find out more about the show at kscopepod.com. Our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at kscopepod. Thanks to the BTS Center for funding season one. If you're into the show and you want to hear more in the future, please consider supporting us. Our Patreon account is Kscope Pod, or use a Radio Public app where we get some coins for each listen. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps too. All right, I'll see you next episode. In the meantime, let the world see you. When they do, they'll never be the same.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you, you were different. Like you were real different. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Acast.com.